All right. We need to get you some WD-40 for that chair. I need a new chair is what I need. Oh, you and me both. I was just looking at him yesterday, so it's on the list. This is a nice chair, though, but just like me, I'm, I'm nice, but I'm getting old. <laughs> it's, you're not, it's time nice, to go. But, nice, but we need a new one. <laughs> Put him out to the curb. <laughs> it's just like me. Really yeah. nice, but we need a new one. We need a new one. Hey, I'm good with that. I've served my purpose. There we go. Did you guys end up going diving on uh, on Saturday in that snowstorm? Actually, no, because it was minus whatever the hell it was outside. Yeah, yeah. But I, I did go to the water. Everybody else was like, no, it's it's too fucking cold. Dude, I got, st- I got stuck in the it's snow. It's open water. Dry, yeah, dry. Was it still? It was then. It's not anymore. But it was beautiful. It was really cool because steam was coming up and it was snowing. Oh, it was a cool shot. Yeah, I bet you it was pretty. Yeah, lots of steam, and the wind was blowing the steam, and the snow was coming. Dude, my uh, my street was a sheet of ice, like, coming home Friday night from the shop. Yeah, everything. We lost power for three days, so. Oh. I had to give my generator to my father-in-law, because his wasn't working, and uh, we just had the gas fireplaces going here, so it was a couple of chilly days. Yeah, no kidding. Gotta love winter, hey? Uh, I don't mind it. I mean, things are going to happen. It's not the worst thing in the world, but actually, it uh, you see that zest to stay alive. It toss you a little wrench in your spokes. The zest to stay inside, maybe. Mm-hmm. Warm, warm <laughs> After cup a couple of days, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not that much colder outside than it is inside. But yeah, well, these single digits and below zero temps in, in Fahrenheit people are are minus uh minus five and whatnot is like minus minus 20 celsius minus 21 celsius and then the wind chill is insane yeah right right we uh winter is definitely here for us up here in the good old great lakes region welcome back to the great lakes region pod dive bot great dive podcast everybody (laughs) The Great Frozen Dive podcast. Well, hey, we'll have ice. Uh, ice is eminent uh, at this point. If this, uh, I mean, uh, most things are frozen. Uh, we have the big Kuka ice dive, which I was very, very certain wasn't going to happen again this year just because of the weather. But, boy, it's really taking a turn. And uh, there's a good chance that we will be next month swimming around the old wreck of the Kuka under the ice once again. Yeah, I've had a lot of folks asking me about it, so it's good. Hey, send us send us an email, and uh, we will get you the info. If you'd like to join us up in beautiful Charlevoix, Michigan, for another Kuka Dive, get yourself a little hot sandwich from Crazy Kuka Joe out at Kukarita Cafe, <laughs> Joe's Kukarita Cafe. Crazy Kuka Joe. Brando, because it's so damn cold, and it looks like we will be ice diving again this year. I came across this really interesting ice diving story. But it's a, it comes from a place that you don't usually think of when you think of ice diving. Where, the equator? Okay, maybe I was, Caribbean? Too, maybe I was too broad of a brush. Because <laughs> <laughs> where you're about to say, I, I actually think of ice diving. <laughs> but <laughs> This is, uh, comes from the Golden State. Yeah, well, there's there's cold regions in the Golden State. It's called Beneath the Frozen Sierra. Ah, nice. 
Uh, it's, a, it's a nice little story. Looking at going for an ice dive. But, you know, going for an ice dive for these beach bums is very much different than <laughs> you and I going for an ice dive up to the Kuka, where it's uh, you know almost a mile out, half mile out from shore, like trailing across the f- frozen tundra. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, a, a trek for us. It's a little bit of a, a journey. But where is this? It's in the, uh, obviously in California, which is the Golden State, for those who don't know. And uh, Sierras, is that up in the northern Cal? Yeah, up in the mountains. That used to be my old stomping grounds, you know. It's one of the crazy things about the state of California. You can be... You know, in the same afternoon, up in the mountains, snow skiing, and uh, you know, having a clam bake on the beach. Uh, <laughs> a couple hours later. <laughs> a couple hours later. Yeah. There is something paradoxical about ice diving in California. When one thinks of the Golden State, images of the Beach Boys, Hollywood, and surfers seeking the perfect wave offer an endless summer attitude that affects all who come in contact with the state. Conversely, when one thinks of the Sierras, one usually thinks of outdoor recreational activities like backpacking, fishing, alpine and Nordic skiing, not venturing beneath the frozen surface of the ice in scuba regalia. Regalia. Haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, that's a, it's a gem. When was this written? This was 1930s. in the uh, <laughs> Regalia. So grab your flappers and uh, <laughs> let's go for a little dive, kiddio. Um, this is from the January-February issue 1990 of the Scuba Times, written by uh, Darren and Stacy Douglas. Okay. But there I was on the edge of the ice flow, staring at the triangular hole cut through a revealing pool of brackish water. The craftsman chainsaw had already whirred its way through the white crystalline surface. High Sierra sunlight tingled over the tea-stained waters as my feet dangled below the surface, snugly enclosed in my dry suit. I was completely warm, with the exception of my feet. I was shackled with a variety of lines, harnesses, hoses, lights, bells, whistles, and the like. I cradled my camera and strobe in an attempt to keep the batteries from freezing. Perhaps it would work for me as well. Now, although we are planning this dive coming up, and, you know, a bunch of, you know, just local little ice splashes throughout the next couple of months, and even still, even if we went to some place up here, that like the quarries that still had open water, it is damn cold, and what I'm learning a lot is that is an issue that the camera that I have is having is those batteries just get so cold mm-hmm. they just stop working. Yeah, they you enter the water at 100%, and in 25 seconds, it's blinking battery. <laughs> low battery. Low, low battery. battery. Yeah, it, it did that a couple times to me last year. So got to make sure you get the uh, – don't get the, the knockoff batteries. That doesn't help. The, well, they're heated, though. The knockoff heated batteries. <laughs> <laughs> They're heated batteries, yeah. Around the lake, Brando, occasional log cabins and snow-covered pines surrounded the chilly February scene. 
my tender clipped a long yellow polypropylene leash to my harness and nudged me in while I prepared to descend. And with that, a very different weekend of diving in California's Sunshine State was about to begin. You know what I mean there? That's, uh, that's not what you typically think of for California diving. No. Well, you have the mountains, you have the ocean. Nobody thinks you, you like go mountain climbing in the ocean, but you can go scuba diving in the mountains. Interesting perspective. Yeah, well, I, they say I have one. <laughs> and the view seems absolutely beautiful, I must say. Oh, yeah. The, wow. the snow-covered pines, the frozen mountain lake, and you're about to go, go diving in. Yeah, Northern Cal is beautiful. With my camera clutched tightly between my slightly numbing fingers, I deflated my BCD as the tender played out slack line. So far, so good. The dry suit was working great, but I had overlooked one thing. My face. This important part of my personal anatomy was bare. My body's unwilling hostages, chilly water crept inside my hood. I submerged, groaning into my regulator as the ice water covered my head. Deep in the high-altitude lake, no one could hear my muffled scream. <laughs> Sounds like you're promoting a uh, Halloween movie. No one will hear you scream. Ice scream. with uh, They could have done an ice scream with Courtney Cox. and. <laughs> Ice scream, yes. <laughs> but instead of uh, instead of the uh, Ghostface Killer killing everybody, he just hands them on ice cream. He's chasing him down. So the only thing he had to wear was his Halloween costume, and he just wants to give him a scoop of ice cream. Hmm. Rocky Road. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that one will go over, but it's worth a try. You know, it's, it's, I would say it's one of the most common questions you get about cold water and especially ice diving is, what do you do about your face? Yeah, you suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> you, you let it, you just, uh, it, it's cold for uh, a couple of minutes and then it just goes numb and you forget about it. What's the problem? You know it's time to get out of the water when you physically, with your hands, have to hold your regulator yeah. in your mouth. Because your lips are so frozen, you can't feel the regulator in there anymore, and it just wants to fall out. That, that's how you know uh, the dive's over. <laughs> Surprisingly, I've never had a face issue as far as being cold. It's always my fingers before my face. Well, the, 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 in my opinion, you just don't have the, the tactile nerve like you do in the, in the fingers that just lose that sensitivity so badly. They hurt. It becomes painful. The face doesn't. You know, it, it goes so numb, but you, you don't. It doesn't have the pain. Yeah, I've never been face hurt. Yeah, it's just it's cold at first. It's like, whoa. I don't know if I. Or they mention like. Uh, or they mention like they mentioned the, in the story here. Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was curly. <laughs> what is the cold changing to some uh, somebody with a funny laugh? <laughs> it has its way. It has its way. Yeah. Soon. I found myself relatively comfortable in the frigid, liquid environment. Dropping beneath the triangular opening, my bright yellow safety line played back up toward the surface like an extended leash. Several pulls signaled the tender to release more line as I moved along a few feet beneath the frozen surface. I was strangely quiet and peaceful. 
the familiar popping and clicking of marine animal sounds encountered in the ocean was not present. The cool, high-altitude ecosystem had a unique quality all its own. There sure is a cold, quiet stillness below below the ice. Yeah, it's, there's a different feel to it, for sure. For sure, dude. Which is one of the big, huge draws, you know, if you live in an environment like, like we have here, where for a good chunk of most years... Diving is closed due to the fact that things are frozen. And if you're a scuba junkie like you and I and, and most of the other listeners of the Great Dive Podcast, you still have that urge to want to get out and do something completely stupid, like cut a hole in the frozen lake and go inside of it instead of just driving to the airport, going <laughs> down, flying down to the Keys. And diving in your, uh, you know, little three mil suit. It is a different experience, for sure. I, I really enjoy it, actually. Uh, as I get older and older, I like it more. So, I I enjoy it the moment, but I, I'm one of those overthinkers that uh, you know. Prior to, I'm like. What are what are you doing? Why 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 are we doing this? Do you know how cold it's going to be? You're trying to talk yourself out of it. That's not overthinking. That's uh, I know what I know called, how much it's called work rational. It it's called paid. rational thinking. Is what it's called. I know how much work it is. Right. It's just that's it. It's the work. The, the, the you know the way we've got it set up for the Cooker though is is pretty nice. We got a. Oh. The more, the merrier. We've learned. We've learned to to use the the bucket brigade, you know, to uh, to make things happen out there, and having the the, the tents and uh, Joe's Cucarita Cafe rocking makes it a lot easier. Whether you live in California or Minnesota, uh, I'm gonna put an. Uh, edit here or Michigan (laughs) if ice diving is new for you there are some important items to consider before hopping into the nearest frozen watering hole foremost of importance is to get quality training there's more to ice diving than just revving up the chainsaw and carving out a hole in a frozen lake of your choice. Like any specific diving activity that may be new to you, receiving specialized training is invaluable. You will want to know and understand about the use of lines and signals, specialized equipment, diving in an overhead obstruction environment, and, of course, how to keep warm. If your ice diving takes you into higher altitudes, there are some special considerations involving modified nitrogen tables that must be reviewed carefully before getting wet. They must. Yeah, especially when you do it once a year. You know, it's um, got to dust off the books. Just like any dive. Yeah, exactly. I mean... uh if you haven't been doing it at a, in a while, you don't 
your first dive in, go to the highest level of your certification training for, for any type and level of diving. That <laughs> Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you think back, you know, to you 15 years ago diving. Actually, I was diving better 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, that's 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 my point. Like like a cave dive you were doing 15 years ago. Oh, like yes, like, and yeah. you and I go on a little yeah. uh, cave run to Florida. You're, we're not going to go jump and do one of those immediately. Right, right. Yeah, you you have to um, you have to approach it smartly and have the gear checked out. You know, especially for the cold water diving because there are so many gear issues that can pop up. Uh, absolutely, and that's one of the big things with ice diving that you have to be aware of is you have to get back to the hole. You have to get back to the hole. Um, so you can't have a gear issue and this pop up and be safe right. at the surface. You still got to get all the way back to the hole, which usually isn't that far. That's because the uh, the rules of ice diving, for, for the most part, have made it so that for that reason, you're not very far from the exit. Yeah. Yeah, and you're tethered and but that that tether, you know, it, you know, it takes takes the work for people and that's what they're saying about about the training. That tether is wonderful because it's going to make sure you get back out, you follow that line. But that tether can get tangled yeah. up and wrapped up and you and the whoever you're on that line with can be fighting the whole dive just between the line. So it takes a little bit of time, and that's what the, your class is going to do. That's why it's multiple dives. Is you get in, and you, you know you got to learn that line first, and mm-hmm. you know before you get in and just start really enjoying the dive site that you're on. Yeah, the possible hazards, the, the hang-ups, hanging the line up on the ice underwater, freezing it to the surface. It's one thing stuff. when you're in, you know, just you're in a mountain lake like these guys are. And you're going through to experience the ice as opposed to you're in an environment like we have a lot up here where we can we can cut that hole along a drop off where we know there's a couple of sunken boats or we do something like where we're going up to dive on a huge shipwreck. It, it creates many places for that line to get trapped. Yeah, exactly. Underwater access should be carefully researched before you begin your trip to the mountains as well. In some areas of California, diving in lakes can be illegal. Local police begin to eye dry-suited individuals suspiciously as they set out into a frozen lake bed with scuba tanks. That should be illegal. What in the actual fuck? Put your hands up. Put your fins up, too. Drop those tanks. That's some... uh, So so many things out there that... uh, Some Nazi bullshit. Right. I mean, the, the, what's up with the police? It's just hating on scuba divers in almost all areas. The police, I don't know if it's the, the police, the city it's, officials. It, the police don't make the laws, they only enforce them. So the law came from your legislators. So those little cocksuckers, they need to back off. Look at this beautiful body of water. What are all the things people would enjoy doing here? And let's make it let's illegal. Make it illegal, unless you're a giant corporation. Then. Have at it. It's yours. You can take it and sell it. <laughs> as long as you send us a percentage. <laughs> yes, you give our, you give me and my boys my cut. Well, that's what the government always seems to do. They, they mm. either they're gonna 
let some rich corporations come in and uh, they're going to, you know, take their little cut or they're going to go, oh, what, what are the things that people would enjoy doing here? Let's force you to purchase a permit. Well, yeah, just another name for a new tax. Permits, licenses, etc. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page. <laughs> I think we, we don't want to go down that avenue and start changing the name of this podcast, though. To the great government hating podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd probably get more listeners. We probably would. I don't think we have too many friends of our people upstairs there anymore. You know, Brando. Speaking of new listeners, yeah, get, or getting more listeners, we are approaching the one million mark. I know. I know. It's going to happen this year. I'm nervous. It's going to happen before before summer this year. Now I'm really nervous. And you're right, you know, if if we had more listeners, we wouldn't have to sell our souls to our friends over at Manscaped <laughs> that people will give us a hard time about from time to time for doing these little Manscaped ads. You know, if, if everybody that listened to sent us, you know, $2 for every episode, you and I would both be millionaires. And we wouldn't have to, you know... Uh, use manscape to pay the bills but we do this year because <laughs> it's 2024 and it's a new year people and our friends at manscape help out the great dive podcast because they know that your dive buddies resolutions shouldn't be the only things that are well kept this year 2024 is a time for new heights people new heights on ice diving lakes and sierra mountains new opportunities to cut triangular holes in those frozen lakes and a new look for your dive buddies, Times Square balls. <laughs> I'd like to think that we would still be yapping about Manscaped because they're such a great product. We don't need to get paid to, to yap about such a great product. I'm going to keep using it even if our listeners stop buying their products and uh, we need uh, and they, they dump us because uh, that Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good. Feel good and turn the page on confidence this year, people. Whether your dive buddy's looking to maintain a trim or go for that clean shaven look, this trimmer has them covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is the time for your dive buddy to get a grip on his grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code TGDP for 20% off and free shipping. Get over there and get 20% off of free shipping, everybody, with the code TGDP at manscaped.com because nothing says Happy New Year like a package for your Dive Buddies package. The ability to remain comfortable in limited visibility and good buoyancy control are essential for ice diving. Some lake bottoms, for the most part, are sediment bombs awaiting detonation by the first careless fin stroke. Sediment bomb. Isn't that a great uh, way to interpret that? Yeah, that's a sediment bomb down there, man. And most absolutely is. I mean, you're you're in a place where generally, not always. I mean, I, I've I've been on ice dives with <laughs> visibility that was measured in inches, inches, half inches, half inches. Yeah, yeah. Um, but generally, shout out to Mona Lake. <laughs> shout out Mona Lake. <laughs> And uh, what was that other one? Ford Lake. Ford Lake. Jesus Christ. 
That was ice dive in a Yeah, why would green... you choose? Why would you have chosen Ford Lake for an ice dive? It was uh, There was an algae bloom in the middle of February. I swear to God, it was, it was just... I know, it's Ford Lake. It, it's shallow. It's, it is a... It is a green lake on a good day. It, is it was a, a frozen, toxic waste <laughs> sludge. Is what it is. The water was thick. Of I like know. I used to uh, jet ski there. You had to be good because if you fell down, you might only have six months left. Get it up your nose or something. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Sometimes that cold water can create almost like a like a fog in and of itself though in in some of the your local lakes there could be the the, the viz isn't always spectacular crystal crystallized clearness some of those ice dives can be weird you know not not like bad viz but like a weird haziness to the visibility you know it's a different effect and that's why you know just you know thinking that i'm not going to go very far from a hole uh, you know, in an environment like like a soft, silty lake bottom, you know, you have to have a line to get you back. Yeah. No matter you know what you think about, like I know the area, and it's just I'm just going right over here. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah, you don't know what you can run into, and visibility can go to shit, uh, especially in these lakes. It's not a sandy bottom usually. It's a silty, you know, uh, organic decomposing material that that just creates this uh silt when it gets stirred up so in, in a zero viz situation right yeah and, and you and i've seen it before with equipment failures yep. um inflators that send people right to the surface crashing stuck mm-hmm. uh disconnected everything dumped falling crashing right back to the bottom because they don't have a way to inflate exploding mm-hmm. the visibility i mean Crazy things happen. I mean, nobody starts the ice dive thinking I'm going to go crashing into the silt and destroy everything. But weird things happen on on dives all the time. And and under the ice, without a continuous guideline home that you have on your person, is a bad place to be. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, equipment issues in and of themselves. I'm surprised at how many people are unaware that when their first stage freezes up in the cold water, it's going to cause an inflator runaway on your dry suit as well as your BCD. And um, you got to know how to handle it, especially with dry gloves, you know, trying to take that uh, those low-pressure inflators off with dry gloves. That's tough. You got to well, practice it. Yeah, yeah, well, most training doesn't involve exactly. You know uh, the, the thinking part of of a dive that that we try to show. You know, it's it's usually swim around on this ice dive. Look how awesome it is. Keep your fingers crossed that nothing bad happens. Well, the hazard of of the losing reality. control of your buoyancy due to uh, an inflator runaway. the The problem is you go right up to the to the surface. Now you have pinned. no, yeah, you're pinned to the to the ceiling, and you have no um, reference point other than your compass, and hopefully your compass will get you. But a lot of times, it's a little bit more complex compass navigation from the hole. You can miss that hole. You can be right next to it in zero vis and be missing it. Um, have you ever taught an advanced open water class? <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I've had students we're going to the south wall of yeah, the whole entire yeah. training facility, and they miss it. Of course, you can miss a, a ten foot 
triangle out in the middle of a lake i mean it's a it's the reality is that's a near impossibility that i mean that's why you you can't just cut a hole and jump in and think you're going to get back it's i mean it's one thing if you are navigationally pinned in a place because you are entering the northwest corner of a 90 degree virtually cut rock wall in a in a in a quarry that you could navigate, but if you're just going to cut a hole out in the middle of a body of water to think that you could swim away from it and come back to it navigationally, boy, that that's a uh, a whole different ball game. And in speaking from experience, it's a stupid move. It's a it's not a good move. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you want to talk about a, a moment of terror? Yeah, so easy to get lost down there. Once you've been properly acquainted with use of line and signals and are used to feeling a bit like a dog at the end of an extremely long leash, ice diving can be an overall pleasant experience. Agreed. It's an incredible experience. The view, just watching the gas bubbles on the on the underside of the ice breaking up as you're diving. It is mesmerizing to see. And especially if you've got a day where the, the surface conditions work together with the ice, you can create some new experiences underwater that you could never get any other time of year. Yeah, the way the light comes through with the snow and the ice. and It's a, one of those once-in-a-lifetime scuba diving experiences that unless you're up here, unless you're in someplace cold, you're not going to have the opportunity to, to really do it. Yeah, like, like Southern California. You know, you can just... <laughs> <laughs> well, Mid-Southern, Mid-Southern California. Mid-Southern. I'm, I'm still curious where this is in the Sierras. Like I say, that used to be my stomping grounds, just to hang out. Up in the Sierras and those little lakes and streams up near Truckee or anything like that? Um, it doesn't say specifically. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. because, I mean, it, I mean, the Sierras stretch quite a ways. I've never heard anybody call them the Sierras once you get, like, south of, I don't want to say Tahoe, but... Yeah, yeah, so that's what, you're th- what comes to mind when I'm thinking. Like, you're, like, northern mid-California. Yeah, I was at, like, Tahoe level, so... But up there, you get the high altitude, you get the cold, you know, you're skiing in, on Mammoth, and then a couple hours later, you're, you know, in a, in a bay in, off of San Jose somewhere, and you, you jump, in, jump in the water yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another, another aspect of diving in the Sierras is the altitude. Specialized tables. Right, that they mentioned earlier. You got a lot working against you, the cold the altitude, the work before the dive, the work after the dive. The dive is actually the easiest part of the day, probably. <laughs> and, and generally the warmest, you know, especially for where, yes. where, where we are doing the diving. You know, it's you finally get out of the elements, you know, into the, into the worst element. But that worst element, you know, when like a couple of years ago when we had, you know, 40-mile-an-hour winds out there. I mean, uh, uh, being out of the water was was brutal. Was brutal. It was uh, wind chill factors in the minus 20, minus 30 range. Right. You wanted to get into the water because in the in the water was only miserable. Yeah, it's 35 <laughs> degrees, you know, and, and there's no Out wind. of the water was brutal. <laughs> in the water was a pleasant, miserable, but you had the ice dive right there for you to do and where we did it you know on once again on on the kooka shipwreck you're on like a real 200 foot long 40 foot beamed you know real shipwreck old woody 
Although some lakes have a variety of bottom terrain and aquatic life, there are generally fewer animals to observe as compared to the marine environment. Occasionally, photographers may encounter a sleeping trout floating in its winter hibernating state. This coming from from a guy who's used to taking his photos, you know, somewhere uh, in off of Ventura or Catalina or Channel Islands or <laughs> somewhere like that. So for him, a, a little mountain lake's probably a boring little marine life dive site, especially under the ice. But if he were to, you know, listen to the Great Dive podcast, he would know by listening to the Photo Pro Brando. <laughs> That photography is what you make of it, and it's it's the artistic eye. It, it's going to bring not worse or or not as many photo opportunities. It's just it's a different environment, and you have to learn to adapt your photo taking. Right? No bad photos, just bad photographers. Is that a is that a saying? Does it make any uh, sense? There are we're, bad we're photos. It, we're going to put it on. A, <laughs> we're going to put it on a Great Dive Podcast T shirt. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, that's the job of the photographer to, to try to bring back something memorable. Right. Tell the well, story, I mean, you know. I mean, you look at Antarctica. I mean, there's nothing to take a picture of there. It's just all white snow and ice. <laughs> what, what could you possibly t- You can't even get any, like, you know, uh, relief uh, of, the, of the color. It's all white. Yet. And blue. A good photographer knows how to take good photos. In the environment that they're going to, and you see some beautiful Antarctica photos. Photographers, he says, will find the ice-capped environment offers unique situations. The greatest amount of ambient light occurs near the surface where diffused light scatters along the off-white ceiling, making an interesting backdrop. Indeed. And that's the, the, the main draw for most people, you know, getting into... You know, taking their ice diving certification so that they can take their camera and get some ice diving photos. That's usually it. You know, mm-hmm. for, for most ice dives, it's your, your dive computer for a lot of people never even turns on into dive mode because you've never even hit really four feet, <laughs> four feet yeah. of water. You know, you're just under under the ice yeah. playing around. Yeah, that's where the cool part of ice diving really happens. If you're you are down so deep you can't see the ice, it's just like a regular cold dive. That's it. Right, which you know, people are ingrained that when they when they go ice diving, you jump in the hole or you jump in the water, I should say, and you submerge and you go down, 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 down as deep yeah. as you can go, and then you swim around and you look at stuff because that's why you're diving. But on an ice dive, is the dumbest thing you could do, <laughs> especially on the first couple ice dives, because like, yeah. well, you could do the dive that you just did in August when, yeah. when the water's you know sixty five. Exactly, and which what would be the point? And of it that? actually, and it actually would have been better because the water would have been warmer. There would have been you know some flora and fauna uh, underwater to also enjoy for the dive. You just went to that silt bomb bottom where nothing's living, nothing's alive, and you you basically were looking at the surface of the moon. <laughs> and you're tethered. And you're yeah. tethered. After our dive, he says, we proceeded to warm up quickly. You see, we were able to pack up our gear, hop in the cars, and motor down the mountain to sunny Southern California. 
home of the Beach Boys, Endless Summer, and Suntan Oil. Some Beach Babes, a little clam bake, barbecue. and a, We have all that on our ice dives. I don't know what you're uh, talking about. Oh, Great Dive Podcast, Ice Dives in Style. <laughs> We're able to warm up too, but that's because uh, we go into the Cucurita Cafe tent. <laughs> Joe hands us a nice wrapped fajita sandwich or something like that. And we get back to shore and there's some... Cold beers stuck in the stuck in the snow, keeping them cold. Nothing colder than a ice cold bottle of Craft Michigan beer that you pull out of a snowbank, crack open, clink. Cheers. Yeah, Brando. Well, there's a there's a little story about ice diving for you. Beneath the frozen Sierra, I thought it'd be a you know a fitting fitting one before we get into uh, our end-of-the-month debuts coming up. And now that things are freezing up here, nice little uh, look at ice diving for the people. Yeah, it's time to get back to it. We've already received a couple of messages about the upcoming Thunder Bay International Film Festival. So hopefully we'll see some of you up there in attendance. Which will be a week from today. On the day this is uh, released. Yeah, yeah. It'll be uh, ne- next weekend. The, uh, we'll be up there the weekend of the 26th, 27th, and 28th. So uh, shoot us a message if you're coming. Uh, we'll be l- keep our eye out for you. Yeah, Randall. Uh, nice, easy, short one this week for the people. Do you want to... I-, I know you're, you're anti-logbook this year. Yeah, I am. But, d- d- but didn't you buy yourself a, a nice uh, cold water ice diving logbook l- last year? The one it's in it's in that uh, red flannel. It's got the red flannel uh, <laughs> uh, binder on it, you know, because it signifies the cold. fur all around. Uh, it's got the, the fur lining. It's got the fur lining on the inside. Give me the hand me that logbook here. Okay, here you go, Jamesy. Stay cold, my brother. <laughs> Stay frosty, my friends. Stay frosty. All right, everybody, uh, thanks for joining us for this little uh, Ice Diving Fun. We will talk to you next week. Toodles. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando.